Kinging wave, Fox, Beard, Lock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons, and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. DJ bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe with that incredibly awesome song. It is Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Coast time, and that means we are live. You can pick up your phone right now, and you can dial 646 668 Two four three three. You can talk with yours truly, Uncle Jim, my incredible Trek experts, or my awesome guests, which we're going to get to in a minute. Before we get too far, though, I'd like to introduce my awesome Trek experts. And this week we have the dynamic duo with us from uh, Portland. We have with us, of course, as always, Eric. How you doing, Eric? I am doing great, Jim. Man, we finally got a nice day here in Portland. I got the windows open. It smells like spring at last. Some decent weather has arrived. We made it. <laughs> and we also have the donut guy himself, David. How you doing, David? I'm full. <laughs> You're full? Did you bring enough to share with everybody yeah. else? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we um, ate them all. It's actually been uh, it's actually been really warm here lately. Um today, which is actually it feels like the first day of spring, but it's Biking up in temperatures next week. It's going to be up in the 90s. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be warm here, up here in Vermont. It's gonna be in the 80s. I don't know. I've got to crank up the AC or something. I don't know. And uh, we also have with us out in Las Vegas. We have Charles. How you doing, Charles? I'm doing good. We're actually having a nice day. It's only 91. It's actually pretty oh, cool. Out. That's, that's like cool hundred, for you. Compared to the 100 plus degrees, we had a cold front come through and actually dropped it to 90, high 80. Been nice. Wow. So I did. Jeez. I did hear a rumor we we had the chance of seeing rain later this week, but then I heard Portland was going to take the whole storm and take this whole storm from us and take care of it themselves. That would break your heart. <laughs> no, I'd rather see the rain. Yeah. Well, but I hear Portland keeps wanting it all. Oh my gosh, we're uh, setting three months in a row. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh well. Anyways, uh, we've got a great <laughs> show planned for you guys tonight, and uh, so you definitely want to get your fingers, let your fingers do the walking, and get on that phone and dial six four six 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 eight two four three three because we have the one. The only Ray Tessie with us. He's a good friend of the show. He's been on many, many times. He's a producer and a director of many Star Trek fan films. Uh, he also operates Neutral Zone Studios in Kingsland, Georgia. 
that's like um like a, a set where they film Star Trek fan films, and we'll talk a lot about that as the show progresses. So don't you worry. He's best known for Tales from the Neutral Zone. So you guys want to bear that in mind. And another great friend of the show who has been a friend of the show since the show first started. Uh, she's my meat and potatoes. She's been on several times. I'm talking about the one, the only, the awesome Leslie Sawyer. And she's definitely <laughs> a fan favorite of our show. Uh, she's appeared in Ghost Ship and most recently to have boldly gone before. And uh, she's playing on the uh, Janet. Uh, Janice Rand, is it? Nancy, believe it, her name, yeah, her name is Nancy Rand, and she is the older sister of Janice Rand. There you go. So, and if you guys have seen the picture (laughs) of Leslie with the big bun on, like you saw on POS, it looks fantastic. So, it was uh, an amazing wig. <laughs> it was. It looked it looked really good. And so get your get your fingers get your fingers on the phone there 646-668-2433. And let me see if we got Ray with us here. If I can get this thing to work, there we go. Hey Ray, can you hear us? Uh, Jim, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good. I've missed you guys. It's been a long time. We've got you and Leslie together. It's been a while. A long while. Yeah, Leslie and I have been talking recently. So, yeah, this is good. This is good. I think it works out good. So what I wanted to talk about a little bit, which works works great having Leslie with us, is uh, what's going on down at Neutral Zone Studios these days. It's pretty busy, isn't it? Uh, it's been pretty busy, which is real good. Um, we made it through the pandemic. That's real good. Um, that's really good. We, that's really good. I uh, didn't think for a while we might do it, but we did it. And um, we've actually filmed at least two more episodes of Tales from the Neutral Zone uh, since our last one came out, uh, which was Doomsday. Um and uh, we have a couple more in stock or in, in line, uh, which is good. And we've got other productions coming in as well. So um, we have a Dreadnought Dominion coming later this year. And also uh, Josh Irwin and Avalon is going to be coming through later this year. Now, Ray, for listeners, people that are listening that might not know, uh, who you are or what it is that you do at Neutral Zone Studios. Could you could you give the fans just a quick little rundown about what actually goes on there, what it's all about? I, I'd be happy to. Thanks for asking, Jim. Um, so the Neutral Zone is a full-scale uh, Star Trek original series uh, film studio. Um, we have pretty much most of the components that you would have seen or most of the sets that you would have seen from the original series. Uh, so we have the bridge, engineering, transporter room, sick bay, all of that. Um, and it was actually constructed, started construction probably in about 2010 um, off of the blueprints from Paramount Studios in 1966. So everything it's the scale and it's laid out 
exactly as you would have seen it in 1966 at Desilu. Um, we do a couple of things down there right now. One is we do make it available for fans who might want to make their own fan film. Um, a couple of, you know, things to think about when you're doing that is it should, you know, needs to conform to the, um, the uh, fan film guidelines that are out there. Uh, but we try to make it, you know, palatable for everybody. We have a lot of support people that work with us that can help you with your filming, uh, sound, uh, all of that. Uh, and the other thing we do down there is right now, once a month, uh, we have what's called Fan Appreciation Weekend. And so we open it up for fans to come in. Uh, we give them a full walkthrough of the sets, talk about filmmaking, talk about Star Trek, old Star Trek versus new Star Trek, some of the innovations that Star Trek brought, and even a few sequels. Sequ um, Secrets, excuse me, secrets. And um, to visit the studio, there's no charge to come in and visit the studio. Uh, we're not for profit, so um, you know, if, if you do come to the studio and would like to leave a donation, that's great. But we try to open this up to fans uh, everywhere, and wanted to make sure that everybody had an opportunity to see these sets. So Ray, if, if if one of our listeners wants to make a donation to help you guys out and keep Neutral Zone Studios afloat, how would they go about doing that? Uh, so you can go to our website, NeutralZoneStudios.com, and there's a link there that says Support Us, uh, and there's a couple of ways that you can make a contribution right off of that page. And thank you for Excellent. putting that out there, Jim. Thank you for putting that out there. Oh yeah, we want to we want to help you guys as much as possible. I saw your your um, ad on Facebook and I thought I'm going to get Ray and we're going to try to help out. So that's what we're going to try Thank to do. You. So now Leslie, um, I'm going to yes. ask a question that I already know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyways. <laughs> ha okay. Have you have you worked at Neutral Zone Studios with Ray in the past? And if you did, what project did you work on? Uh, the answer, of course, is yes. Yep, I, <laughs> and yep, I've been I already there knew that. <laughs> several, I've been there several times. But, of course, I will never, ever, ever forget the very first time I ever went. And uh, they they like to show you the sets. I love how they do it because I was not alone. There were other people with me. But uh, And I wish I could remember who the gentleman was that who, who worked there, who did it. But he was, it was very dramatic. He had the doors closed. You just walk in and, you know, you don't really see anything. And he said, when I open these doors, you probably will get goosebumps because if you're a huge fan of TOS, you're just going to, you will never forget your first time. <laughs> you know, you just won't. So I was like, oh, okay, all right. So he opens the doors and then you see the hallway of like what it was like on the enterprise. And they took us like on a tour of the sets and looked around and everything. And it was all I could do to honestly not start to kind of actually have tears coming down my face because it, it gave me more than goosebumps. It also put a lump in my throat because I swear I felt like I was really on the real sets of what they used and it's so emotional. Um, 
you know, and for me especially, I, I've, I've talked about it before, uh, but my, I was very, I was daddy's little girl. Uh, he had two other, I've got two brothers, but um, I was an only child for nine years. So I definitely had a chance to bond with my dad, and he's the one that re- really instilled in me my love for Star Trek and my love for science fiction as well as horror. And, um, and I remember as a little child watching Star Trek on his lap, and not understanding really what was going on, but I loved all the cool sounds and how the people looked and all the aliens. And I mean, I just was like instantly enthralled with it. I just loved it. And for me to see these sets just took me back. I mean, it just took me back to all of that. And sadly, my dad did pass away way back in 2009. And I'm telling you, if my dad could have seen those sets, he would have just flipped out too. So anyway, I just love Neutral Zone Studios. It really is. If, if anybody can somehow, some way, it's even if you li- feel like, oh, you live too far away or something, if you really should go to the website, look for the fan appreciation days when they have it opened up for the public, because it seriously is just an amazing, really an amazing place. And they've actually improved it uh, with putting in a new view screen uh, on the bridge. And I... I'm so blown away by that. I I was really impressed by that. I got to see that for the first time when I was just there back in February uh, filming a scene with Josh for his Avalon uh, universe. Uh, He gave me a a part in one of his, uh, in one of the movies that he's working on. It's, he's, it's still editing, but anyway, uh, that was quite impressive, but I worked on the very first time I went there. Uh, I do think that it really was for Josh's uh, production of the ghost ship. And I was a zombie and um, I did uh, some of the uh, makeup for that. I worked on that. And uh, I just, like I said, I I was blown away by the experience, completely blown away by it. And um, I was very appreciative of uh, Ray for thinking of me. I met Ray uh, during the filming of that. And I had told him about uh, how there had been a, some guy on Facebook that was saying, Oh, he wanted me to be a captain in his movie. But I mean, this guy was just uh, living probably in his parents' basement and he was just not really (laughs) going to be making a movie. He was just pulling my (laughs) chain. And I was talking to Ray about it and I was like, yeah, I'm kind of bummed because I, I think this guy is just, he's not really going to be making a movie. And it got me thinking about how much I wish I could be a captain and that would be so cool. I mean, what what an amazing thing that would be, right? But never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that would come true, right? Because let's face it, the majority of films, whether they're fan films or whatever, although not so much now, I have to admit, not so much now, but way back when i mean i forgot how many years ago this was what was it what 2018 i think it was uh anyway um yeah so i i was like gosh i wish i could be a captain but you know a lot a lot of they make men the men are the captains right so uh, i never thought anything of it but when i was talking to ray about it and uh but ray really somehow remembered our little conversation and remembered me talking to him about oh, how cool it would be if I could be a captain. Oh, I wish I could, but, you know, I kind of just, that's not going to happen. You know, that's a fantasy. And uh, and then when a script came along, he worked on a script where uh, it was supposed to be a man. The captain was supposed to be a man. And But the more he thought about it, the more it just didn't play out well that the captain would be a man. 
So then it was like a light bulb went over his head, and he thought, you know what? I really think Leslie would would make a good captain, and I think she's she would be right for this part. And it was uh, Captain Jane Tobin of The Looking Glass. And when Ray called me up and told me about it and asked me, I swear, I felt like I was going to drop the phone. Um, I was in complete shock, not ever expecting that. And I was really just, I, I didn't know what to say. You know, I mean, of course I said yes, but I just, I, you know, I don't know. I, I still, words fail me because it was just such an amazing moment for me. And, um, and I do thank you so much, Ray. You know, all I can say is thank you so much for thinking of me and, and giving me that opportunity because it, it really was a total fantasy, a total dream come true. And the, there's just nothing like it, you know, to sit in that center seat and, and be the captain of a starship. It, you know, it's just, it is, it's just like, I never would have trapped it would have really happened to me. And especially on such an incredible set, you know, as, as the neutral zone. I mean, there are other captains that are in other fan films where the sets, you know, are not as detailed and as nice and everything as, as what Ray's got. So um, I just, so yeah, so I, so I did the looking glass and then uh, Larry Fleming, uh, who also is very heavily involved in, in these films, uh, asked me if I'd like a part in a movie that he made, which was uh, to boldly go or boldly gone or whatever, <laughs> whatever that one was. That one was. Um, and it was a cute film that, that I really enjoyed because it was just kind of fluff and it was just a very, very cute story. And so I enjoyed that. I was like a, I don't know, an ensign or something, but so that was nice. And uh, like I said, I was recently there in February to film uh, for Josh Irwin, for uh, his Avalon uh, movie, um, and I'm trying to think what what else was I there for? <laughs> I think I think that's it. I feel really bad if I forgot something, but I think that was it. Lovely. Well, 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 you forgot the name. You forgot the name of the of the one. It's to have boldly gone. It's like you got to get the tenth. That's it. No, that's it. That was the Larry Fleming movie. It was to to have boldly gone. Yeah, that's yeah. that was that was Larry's movie. Yeah. So Ray, let me ask you: If I if I decided I wanted to make a Trek talking fan film about podcasting, the final frontier, and we all got together and we we all went down there to to film our our podcasting adventures, um, what would you provide for? What would we have to bring versus what would you provide for us when we got there? Well, it depends on what you want to do, Jim. So with the studio comes the lighting. That, that comes standard, right? So uh, we have a person who, become, who, who is the studio manager who uh, opens and closes um, for as long as you're there, and he's worked on films. He's been part of the, the, the sets for, I think he's going on 12 years. He predates me. So he goes back to Faraday days. He goes back to Star Trek Continues uh, and all of the Dreadnought Dominions and all of these other um, tales from the Neutron Zone. I can't leave that out. And all of these other uh, standalone one-off films. And, and there have been a lot of them. There has been, I think we counted recently and we're at about 45 or more 
fan films that have been filmed there. So we provide the sets, we provide the lights. If you need film equipment, sound equipment, we have volunteers. Uh, we try to make all that stuff really palatable, honest to God. Um, so, you know, aside from bringing yourselves, depending on what your story requires or what it's about, uh, we could help you out from soup to nuts. Now, would you guys, excuse me, would you guys help to make sure that my film doesn't violate any of the fan film regulations? Would you help me out with that as well? Yeah. One of the things we want to see for a couple of reasons is whatever your shooting script or as close to your final shooting script as possible. And we'd love to make sure that it it certainly conforms to, uh, for those fan film guidelines. But we also need it so that we can understand what sets you want to use. Because if you think about it, you can only use one set at a time, and therefore you only want to light one set at a time. Um, and set up your camera, set up your sound equipment. So knowing the sequence of how you want to film and in what sets you're going to be using is critical in making it go as quickly as possible. And in, in the world of, of fan films, Speed is sometimes everything. A lot of a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, you know, you set aside, let's say, two days, and we all have day jobs, right? Everybody's got a day job. So you can't necessarily spend a week uh, doing a fan film. So you try to do what you can in the time that's allotted, and therefore you want to try to keep on moving. And we're there. I come to a lot of these productions, even if it's not my production, to try to lend a hand in just guiding people through. So uh, it's a very hands-on situation. Now, uh, Ray, do you guys, do you guys help with the editing and, you know, everything from the beginning to the end, or do you guys just do the filming and it's up to the producers to worry about everything after that? It's generally, generally, it's up to the producer. Uh, depending on who's making the film, the producer already has a crew, right? So, you know, some, some come with a full crew, uh, some use us for the filming. Uh, we certainly have a person who's great at editing. So, yeah, we can help you with the editing. Uh, and he can also put in all of the sound effects, some of the special effects. He's good at some of the special effects. Uh, but there's two other components that we can only – give you direction for. Uh, one is your, um, your visual effects, right? Your starship effects, whatever it is you, you happen to be filming. You could even be ship interiors because you're using a completely different ship and you're filming it on green screen, so it has to be filled in as if you're on some other ship. Uh, and we have a guy who's really talented, who I've known, I've known him seven years. He helped me on my first production uh, that was called um, uh, Starship Republic. And it's it's, uh, Samuel Cockins. And Samuel has become sort of the preeminent guy doing special, you know, visual effects. And I use him for everything that we do. And then you have to think about music. Now, you, you can get away with using music from the original series, because a lot of that's now in public domain, uh, or you need to get, you know, some composer to, to make something custom for you. 
So those are the things that if you're making a fan film, you know, that back end is something that you need to plan for. Now, uh, one more quick question. Um, so let's say that my captain is going to be Captain Leslie. And we <laughs> yeah. come down there. Um, <laughs> so would 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 you guys provide us with, say, makeup, hair, and costumes? Or do we have to provide that all ourselves as well, that's, that's kind of up to you, Jim. So, yes, we do have makeup people uh, who can assist. Uh, and we do have, I, about a year and a half ago, decided to go out and get uh, costumes made specifically uh, from person that I've been using for about seven or eight years. Uh, so we do have a bank of female uh, uh, tunics, male tunics, we also have Star Trek pants for the men. Uh, boots you may have to provide on your own. We have a, a small, you know, uh, set of boots that are in, involved. And I actually had the costumes made without insignias or braids so that people could decide if they want a different insignia because of their ship or, you know, this costume fits this person and and he's the science officer. We could put the right braids on it. So we could really help out. Um, you know, some of the things, there are some expenses, and unfortunately, you know, the building owner expects to get rent every month. I don't know why. I've tried to get around that. It just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> so, we do, so, so we do have to, you know, put, you know, depending on what you need, uh, you know, ask for some charges just to cover the cost of, of labor. Uh, nobody really gets paid. Fan films are done for the love of Star Trek. Um, it's, it's all free. Uh, so anything, you know, visiting the studio, I said, is, is no charge. And people don't make any money off of these fan films. They just don't because they have a story to tell. And, you know, Star Trek is the medium for a lot of these people, including myself. And, um, and we really just want people to come and have fun. I'm not kidding when I say that. Uh, nobody's going to win an Academy Award for anything that we're doing, um, but we want people to come and have fun, play Star Trek. Now, what if I wanted to do a story about Klingons taking over the Enterprise, for instance? Okay. Could I do something like that? Could I be Klingons on the Enterprise uh, we are non-denominational. Okay, excellent. Yeah, they, they've good, had. Good they've, he's had. He's yeah. He's had Wookies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen. I think I've seen it. I've seen pictures of people that actually will go there, and they're actually dressed up in Star Wars costumes. So, and I think I even remember once seeing Snow White there or something. I, you know, so anything goes. It's it's totally fine. <laughs> I'm gonna let. Jim, I'm going to let you in on two secrets. Okay. One no. is, one is uh, in October, uh, there's a group. Uh, I don't know if they're, they're nationwide, but they're certainly in Florida and Georgia. It's called the 501st. And the 501st are all Star Wars, mostly stormtroopers, Darth Vader and all of the characters. I've asked them to come to the studio, and we're going to film – a short film of uh, 
the Empire taking over a starship. So that's coming in. <laughs> the okay. other thing which I want That's great. I want to pass. Oh, yeah. The other thing I want to pass along, uh, and I'm letting it known on your show for the first time, but Leslie and I have talked, and, you know, we've seen each other periodically, and lots of people. She said she played the captain in, in The Looking Glass. And periodically people say, well, whatever happened to Captain Coven? I'm not going to give you the, the end of the story. You guys have to go out and watch it. But whatever happened to Captain Tobin? And I started talking to the, the person that I write with, his name is Don Horan, and we came up with an idea for a story about what happened to Captain Tobin, you know, after that episode. And I presented it to Leslie, and I think she liked it. <laughs> oh, my God, I loved it. Like, we're going to film that hopefully in the fall. Excellent. Well, Yay. I guess we'll have we'll have another reason. <laughs> yeah, and I saw Leslie back on our show. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw some pictures of the of a set. I won't say what it looks like, but he showed me a picture of a certain set, and I was blown away. I'm like, oh my god, that looks fantastic! <laughs> wow. Well, yep. listen, guys, we have to take a very quick commercial break, but we're going to be right back. We're talking with Ray Tesley and uh, Ray Tessie and Leslie Sawyer. Don't touch that dial. Hi there. This is Eric from Trek Talking. Do you own a business, produce a product, or are planning an event that would appeal to Star Trek fans? Would you like to harness the power of this podcast to get your message out to the world? We here at Trek Talking are a show made by fans for fans. And we would love to help you share your love of Star Trek on the air, live every Monday and Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern. Contact us through Facebook Messenger at facebook.com slash trektalkingandbeyond or email us using the contact link on our website at podpage.com slash trek-talking. We can't wait to hear from you. Engage. And we're back, and I I have taken up enough time from you guys, so I'm going to turn the microphone over to Eric to see. I'm sure Eric's got some questions for Ray and Leslie. Oh, my gosh. You better believe I do. Well, thanks. It's so fun to have you guys on the podcast. We were just looking back in time. Leslie said something about Ghost Ship 2018. I was like, no, that could have been. And, yes, it was. Oh, my goodness. That was a long time ago. So, yeah, uh, one of the things I was really wondering about, uh, Ray, in particular, was I was looking on your website, and it looks like you have uh, the ability for fans who not only want to uh, make films come to your set, but fans who just want to come tour it, too. So I was wondering if you could tell us just a little bit about uh, how you get a tour of this place, because it sounds amazing. Yeah, so, um, again, we have, uh, right now, it's once a month. And we do something called Fan Appreciation Weekend. Uh, it used to be a straight-up open house, Eric, where people would come and just kind of wander and all of that. And that had to change after uh, the pandemic uh, because you don't want too many people in close quarters, at least right after the pandemic when we reopened. You know, you wanted to have sort of controlled groups. So you can sign up for a group. We started small, but now we're up to about, I think it's 
You can do 25 or maybe even 30 in a group. Um, and uh, you just register that you're coming. doesn't require anything else. You just have to say you're coming. And what you get when you get there is a little bit of a preamble on the studio, uh, some of the history of Star Trek. Uh, and we start walking you through the sets. And as we walk through the sets, we talk about the construction of the set, uh, some of the components and where they came from, uh, what's different between how we do it today versus 56 years ago, I guess. Uh, I hate to say that because I was there, but, <laughs> but 56 years ago. Um, and we walked you through, and along the way, we've had people coming through who knew things that I had absolutely no idea about, absolutely no idea uh, and you look at it and you say, oh, my God, it's been sitting in front of our face for all these years, uh, for these decades. And uh, it's cool to bring that to people who, who just have never heard that. I can even give you one if you'd like me to give you one. Absolutely. Please do. Okay. So the next time you're watching any Star Trek original series episode, and it takes place in the briefing room, all right? Yeah, Gene Roddenberry said Star Trek was based on the Navy. Uh, so you had starships, which would be naval vessels, and they're named after, you know, sort of World War II vessels, like the Enterprise, like the Yorktown, like the Constitution. Look at the table in the briefing room. And mm -hmm. if you've ever wondered why it has such a weird shape, it's the shape of an aircraft carrier. Whoa. Okay, because it stems from that whole lexicon stuff. Exactly. Wow. That is really a cool little tidbit that I would never have even thought to look up on the Internet. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that you get when you come for a set tour then. That's the kind of stuff you get for a set tour, you know? Well, that, that's um, pretty cool. And are you the guy who's actually – are you conducting these set tours, or do you have staff who uh, are all very knowledgeable about stuff, and they conduct the set tours? Well, it's, it's a little bit of a mix. I'm glad you asked that question. It's a little bit of a mix. Uh, for the most part, I will tell you that I try to run these. So very quick backup here. So I mentioned early on that we've had, you know, different fan films filming there. The construction of the set was actually spearheaded by Vic Mignogna. And if you know Vic, he Star Trek Continues, and he was the executive producer, and he played Captain Kirk. Um, mm -hmm. But he planned out this whole thing in this giant, empty warehouse, like 10,000 square feet. And it was nothing but a slab of concrete. And he had this idea, and he wanted to do something, you know, because he was such a fan of Star Trek, and he started building sets, and he got volunteers to come in and do the construction and painting and all of that, <clears throat> and he did some Kickstarters, although I think he called them Kirkstarters, um, <clears throat> and got people to contribute, and little by little, he built this entire soundstage and so I try to run these around Vic's availability so that he's there because he, he does a, a great job. He's, he's very verbal, uh, very articulate, 
Um, I fill in. I can tell you that. I fill in. When he, because his tours generally run long. Uh, they're supposed to be 90 minutes, but generally they go longer than that with Vic. And so I'll start the next tour and he'll come back in and I get very intimidated when he does. <laughs> but but uh, he'll pick up wherever I left off. And there are times when he's not available and I'm, you know, I'm doing my thing. So we do have some volunteers who know exactly where to take people and what to do and what to say. So it's very collaborative. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Everybody can play a part and, you know, everybody's got their own strengths and it's fun to have those moments where somebody else brings something to the table that you, you know, you didn't even, you weren't aware of or, or is new information, even if you've been a Star Trek fan for 56 years. That's, that's very cool. Um, I was wondering, you know, and I'm actually gonna, after this, I'm going to ask Leslie the same thing. So Leslie, you can, you can have a little bit more time to think about it, but I, do you, Ray, have a favorite room on the set? Um, I have two favorite rooms. <clears throat> I, and you almost have to, you almost have to put the bridge off to the side. It's like saying, what's your favorite original series episode? And you can't include City on the Edge of Forever because <laughs> Right, it's the iconic episode, so you you can't you can't say the bridge. Um, but the two rooms that I most marvel at is the engineering section. Engineering, um, it looks just like uh, damn, it looks just like you would have seen it on on TV, and it even has the ceilings. We have the the building we're in is uh, two stories, and so they were able to put in the ceiling in engineering. Uh, and when you look, when you walk in and you see the warp core and the ceiling and, you know, the, all the other components, it's just mind-blowing. But I really have to say I like walking into the transport room. And I don't know that I need to say anything more than that. No, no additional needed at all i i you know never been there that would be my guess for myself as leslie what about you what is your favorite room or two on the set there uh well i was going to say the bridge <laughs> but i guess you, you know what leslie, i guess I... As, as a person who got to sit in the big chair you can say the bridge. i know <laughs> i know yeah i mean you know what are you gonna do it's like the bridge is awesome and like i said he really has even made improvements to it uh, since I worked on there, and uh, the the new big view screen he's got is so impressive, it's it's amazing. Uh, but if I can't see the bridge, then uh, I it's ditto for me actually with exactly what Ray said. The the engineering room is phenomenal. It's it's very impressive. And when they turn the lights on and you know they get it up and running, uh, it's it just it is it's amazing and then of course then the transporter room also is is fantastic i loved getting on the pad and pretending like i was going to be transported out somewhere <laughs> yeah absolutely why wouldn't you right it's there yeah yeah yep <laughs> oh, fantastic. well uh so i want to give our other experts a chance so thank you for letting me talk to you for a second charles would you like to ask either of these fine folks any questions I don't really have any questions. I just love the stories. 
Yeah. Well, I'll pass yeah. it over to David. Yeah, I'm, the uh, donut man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do they serve donuts over there? That's what I want to know. Yeah, good question. Uh, you know, we, we, we serve almost anything. <laughs> Uh, when we, okay. actually, when we do, yeah, the and, replicator and can my, do anything. That's right. <laughs> the replicator can do anything. Uh, when we, when we, something, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, making a fan film, and Jim, you asked about it earlier, and, and for you guys, you know, we talked about all the different things you need, but there are things you don't think of until it gets too late, like, I have to feed these people. So, um, <laughs> when I do a production... Um, I bring I bring breakfast, and that's you know donuts and bagels and coffee and tea and whatever, right? And then we bring in lunch. Um, so yeah, we bring in all kinds of food for our people, and uh, I, I consider you guys our people. So yes, we'd serve you donuts. There you so go, David. Craft services. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's right. Um, so you'll have to so come. The I'm, donut man has to come because there's we got we're loaded. We got plenty of donuts. That's up. right. Oh, cool. Where are you guys <laughs> located? Uh, so we are located in Kingsland, Georgia. Uh, Kingsland is really at the very end of Georgia. It's right over the Florida line. Uh, what's convenient about where we are uh, is that. We are only about 30 minutes north of Jacksonville Airport. Uh, Jacksonville is a very easy airport to get in and out of. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're within, you know, 25 minutes uh, once you get there. We're right off of I-95. I don't even think we're 10 minutes off of 95. And there are plenty of hotels, plenty of restaurants in the area. Um, and, actually, if you're coming to... Uh, be a part of in any way, shape, or form of the neutral zone. Uh, we have a deal with one of the local hotels, the Best Western, and you get a corporate discount if you say that you're coming to be a part of the neutral zone. So it's really cool. working out well for everybody. Oh, that's nice. awesome. awesome. And, and Ray, I noticed that on your calendar, it looks like you all take the, the summer off as well, right? So if you're looking to do film productions is it kind of a nine months a year sort of thing uh currently it is and that's because when the the building was constructed uh nobody put in any air conditioning um now we're just putting in a very small air conditioner i don't really i it's really just to make it palatable in the summer uh so figure that late september to mid-may is your best time to film or visit the studio. Okay. And then I believe you also have a way that if people, I know you mentioned your website already, but if people want to give uh, sort of an ongoing contribution to the studio, don't you also have a Patreon page? We do have a Patreon page. It's accessible uh, off of that as well. We have some cool perks uh, that you can get. Uh, And really everything that we, we get in terms of donations, whether it's Patreon, which we really appreciate. And for those of of your folks, and I'm sure they all know, since they know you guys, what Patreon is, but it's pledging a contribution every month 
to whatever cause it is that you're, you know, you're, you're following. Uh, and, you know, it could be, you know, I always say, it's, it's, you know, if you think about it, you wouldn't miss a cup of Starbucks coffee a month. You know, that's like five bucks. So, you know, anything is, is, is appreciated. Um, and it all goes towards rent, utilities, uh, and the upkeep of the sets. We're doing a, uh, actually next weekend, we're doing a big, um, uh, I don't want to call it a repair job, but it's, it's just an upkeep. So we're going to be painting. We're going to be uh, fixing some of the set pieces. Um, and a uh, lot going on. I, there's even a lot more than that going on these days, but, but that's coming up. Well, I can imagine any place like this not only has costs associated with it to build new stuff, but obviously the ongoing maintenance is really the, the big issue. And I, I believe I saw on your website somewhere it said something like, uh, you know, it takes around $50,000 a year to maintain this place, and that's, that's no joke. That's no joke. I'll tell you that's no joke. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Any anything anybody can give to kind of work towards making that, I'm sure, is super appreciated. Well, I really appreciate that, and uh, not only bringing it up, but but you know your your enthusiasm and in, in trying to help keep the studio afloat. Yeah, and, uh, on that front, uh, you got T-shirts and stuff on the website, right? Got T-shirts and stuff on the website. Uh, it's all uh, neutral zone, um, so they're they're you know they look a little trekky, but we don't want to infringe on anybody's uh, you know IP. So uh, we've created our own line, and there aren't many, but we've, we're talking about expanding that as well because that's actually been pretty good for us. Well, it's a great way to grab just a little bit of the studio and and sort of be able to sport and be proud about it. Um, Leslie, I want to go back to you just real quick. I know you said you've got a, a couple of new roles, well, at least one new role that you've been sort of enjoying recently. Uh, do you have anything upcoming that we can know about? Uh, well, um, yeah, the, the whole Janice Rand thing, being the sister of Janice Rand, uh, that is a, a Nature's Hunger production uh, with Jose Cepeda. And uh, he's another one that that actually kind of amazes me that he in his house it's down in his basement uh, he actually created all these sets himself and I mean it's it is it's pretty amazing wow. what an incredible job he did uh, with with how he built these sets in his basement um, and his his wife just kind of goes along with it because she's not even a Star Trek fan she's like okay well you know it's keeping him out of trouble right it keeps him home yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah but Jose's quite a character he's a really sweet guy uh, but yeah he thought of me and he really wanted me to play the part of um, Janice Rand's older sister uh, which is Nancy Rand and I did I got to wear he he had a wig custom made that looks exactly the same as what Janice Rand wore. And I had to wear the wig. And I, and what was very difficult about that particular part was there's this one scene where I am, because I did another movie with him where I played the part of Veronica Pepperstone, where I'm the ship's counselor. And I have a British accent, actually, with that character. Mm. And he wanted me to be in a scene with Nancy Rand 
And talk about that being a difficult thing for an actor when you have to pretend that you're looking at the other character directly across the table from you and you're having a conversation with that person. So what we did was because um, my hair is just my normal hair when I'm Veronica Pepperstone, I told him, I said, we can't film the, the, the Na- Nancy Rand part because once I put that wig on, it's totally going to ruin my real hair. So yeah. we filmed all, all the parts of this movie where you see me as just myself without a wig on. We had to film all of that first. And then we went back and I put on a whole different outfit. I put on the whole Nancy Rand outfit and the wig. And then we had to redo everything where then I'm, you know, sitting where she, Nancy Rand would have sat. And then I'm looking at where Veronica Pepperstone would be sitting. And so he's going to edit it obviously a certain way so that it's definitely going to look like I'm in the room with myself talking to myself, you know what I'm saying? But two being two totally different characters. It's, it's crazy. It was, it was really wild. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's almost like having a switch inside your head, uh, but, but in sort of an invisible way talking to nobody. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's just kind of weird because it's almost like I had to try to envision myself you know, I'm talking to myself, right. you know what yeah. I mean? It's just, it was so bizarre, and it was very challenging as an actor. I mean, it really was, because I'm, obviously I'm not looking at anybody. He, he, he drew a little circle on a leaf of a plant <laughs> so I could kind of look at that circle, which would be the sure. correct eye line for me, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, it was really wild. And then, of course, I've done um, – I don't know if you've ever heard of this other uh, – uh, a fan filmmaker, uh, but Vance Major Owens does, he's put out a lot of stuff and he's actually wrapping it up. He's, he actually just got done filming the very last film because he really does want to focus on his family. But I've done several productions with him and I actually just got done uh, sending him my footage for one of the movies that he did. So I've I've done several of those for him. And then um, I'm trying to think what else, gosh, uh, I, I think, I think that's that's pretty much it for now. Um, I do have another movie that I'm going to be working on. In fact, I've got a a meeting with the the. It's it's a horror film. It's it's not Trek related, and this movie, hopefully, maybe it can be my breakout role <laughs> because Ooh. it's actually a it's it's a real movie. I mean, it is like going to be like a real legit movie, and I'm getting paid and everything else. It'll be in theaters. Um, but I play the part of a fortune teller. It's the movie's called The Black Tent, and it is a horror film. We're supposed to be filming in October. Hopefully, uh, it'll sort of stay being that way but it's going to be filming up in new jersey and uh i'm you know i'm getting flown up there and being put up in a hotel and everything else so we have we have a production meeting uh next week about certain things and and uh so i'm i'm really excited about that and uh but other, other than that you know i mean i think that's uh that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, and of course, I'm very goodness. excited. Yeah, I'm very excited that Ray, you know, again, did think of me and, and sent me the script for the follow up for Captain Jane Tobin, because uh, I did have people that watched The Looking Glass and the ending, you know, you just you are you're sort of left wondering, well, you know, what happened to her? You know, I mean, what did she end up deciding to do and where did she go and all that? So as Ray said, you have to go and watch the looking glass to see what we're talking about. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you, then you'll know the follow up 
to and you'll get your answers with what happened to Jane Tobin and it's it's a very very nice story I and it and it's got a lot of really good action in it too it's, I love the like script. Action. It's a very good script. Yes, it's got. It's going to have like probably some excellent special effects in it. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be, it's going to be really really good. I'm sure. So, well, so congratulations about that. on the black. That's like a really interesting and fun new opportunity. My gosh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I know we're just not starting to think about it, but wow, I'm going to put that on my radar. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just compliment you on that wig. I mean, I can't – I always – was always my favorite hairdo, of course, of all time from TOS, right? That that Janice Rain, like, how do you even – Yeah. <laughs> of course. I know. That cool. wig was really something. I don't know what Jose paid because, like I said, he had to – he actually – he said it was two wigs combined. And oh, the person wow. that put it together had to weave it all and combine two wigs together. And I'm like, w- bless that person's heart. Whoever put that wig together, I mean, that was an amazing feat. And, and I, I don't know what it ended up costing Jose to have somebody make that, but wow, it was an amazing wig. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And was it hot to wear? It must have been terrible. Was it heavy? Yes, it was a little bit heavy, but not as heavy as you would think. Um, I really wasn't all that uncomfortable in it. It was, it really was okay. It was okay. okay. Yeah. I always kind of imagine that that thing must weigh like two or three pounds, but maybe, maybe. I know you would think, you would think, <laughs> but uh, it did have some weight to it. it. It certainly did, but it really, yeah. I mean, I think I was just too much focusing on obviously really focusing on my lines and yeah the director, you know, what the director was telling me to do and all this stuff. So, um, yeah, I just, I wasn't really thinking about the, the heaviness of the wig. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, it sounds like you've got so many great opportunities going on right now. So congratulations on that. And, and thanks again for on show again today. Um, Jim, I'm probably going to hand it back to you, but thank, thank you to uh, Ray for chatting with us today. This has been fun. Appreciate and, it. Thank oh, you, guys. Oh. Leslie, when you make it big, don't forget all the little folks that, that went with you on the way. Uh, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I will not forget at all. We, we, well, we want to have you back. Listen, listen, what are you talking about? You have hit the big time, buddy. Okay? It's well. like uh, when, I first, when I was first on your show, where were you, right? Who, who knew too much about track talking? Well, you've in, in the years true. you've managed to really get your show really up. You've got celebrities on your show now, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other people. <laughs> you've got celebrities on your show. You you you're what ranked? Uh, who who did that list? So you're ranked 22 or something out of a whole bunch of. And there's so many Star Trek podcasts that people have to realize being ranked number 22. That's amazing. That is an incredible accomplishment, and I'm so excited and happy for you that you've you really come a long way yeah we it's i it's it's a team thing it's a team effort you know people like you and ray that give us a chance and come on our podcast and give our listeners an opportunity to experience all these different things that star trek has to offer i think is one of the things that makes you know our show unique makes people want to listen so yeah thank you so much yeah, you for do that. a great job you do a we great appreciate job that and uh, we're going to have to have you back on the podcast um, when the Black Tent comes out. How does that sound? Uh, <laughs> that sounds great. Maybe I can put a little uh, something with Star Trek, like a little egg for those Easter eggs. 
I'll ask the director. Go. I'll say, can I can I do something with like some sort of Star Trek symbol or something? We can kind of sneak in there. <laughs> yeah, like maybe some dangling earrings or something. I know something. <laughs> oh boy, uh, well, my little know, homage. Every... Yeah, my little homage. <laughs> It's so it's so good to hear your voice again. It's been a long time, and I'm so glad that you're doing yeah. well and that everything is working Thank out you. for you. And we really appreciate you coming back on the show and being the old meat and potatoes again for us once yes. again. And meat and potatoes <laughs> is back. It's back. And you're back, and we're we're definitely going to have to have you back again when uh, when you actually play Janice Rand's older sister, and we can talk about that when we can watch the film. And we can talk about yeah. it. So thank you so much for taking time. Oh, out you're of your welcome. Day thank you so much for yes. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie. Okay. Have a good night. Bye bye. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. And Ray, I I really appreciate everything that you're doing for the Star Trek community and for taking time out of your filming to uh, hang out and chat with a bunch of Trek guys. We we really really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, well, you know what? I, I'm not kidding when I say I've missed you guys. I was on pretty regularly for a while, and it was, mm-hmm. we were talking about we were talking about what we thought the new Picard series was going to be. That's like. right. That's and right. Now we've got now we've got two years worth of Picards and a and a and a pandemic uh, in between. So I would welcome coming back to this show. Anytime you would want me. And let me ask you one one thing before we run out of time. Have you seen Strange New Worlds yet? I have. Um, and what what's your like thought? It. In a you like it? Cool. I like well, it. I there like you go. It a lot. I have, I have a couple of problems with it. I just think the Enterprise shouldn't be that big. <laughs> what days is that? <laughs> Well, right, then I guess we'll have to have you come on and talk with us about Strange New Worlds. How does that sound? I, I would love it. And, and, you know, Picard Season 3 and Discovery Season 5. I'm up for all of that. All right. Well, I've definitely, you're going to be hearing from me, Ray. So uh, thank you so much for visiting with us tonight. We really appreciate it. And you're doing a great job with the Neutral Zone Studios. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you very much. I appreciate you asking me, Jim. And, and everybody, thank you guys for being as friendly as I remember you being. <laughs> you better have a good night. Good night, Ray. Right good night. And before we run out of time, I want to say thank you so much to David, the donut guy, although he forgot the donuts tonight, but we really appreciate him. Thank you so much, David. You're welcome. It was fun talking. It's always fun Trek talking, isn't it? And, of course, thank you so much to our very own Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you, Charles. Oh, thank you for the guest. It was well worth listening to the stories. And, of course, thank you to Eric for hanging out and making the show just that much more fun. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, so fun talking to those two, and it just felt like old times again. It's really good. It is. We're coming out of the pandemic now, and things are starting to go back to normal. And listen, guys, I hope you watched Strange New Worlds last week, The Serene Squall, because we're going to talk about it on Thursday night. And I'm so excited because, yeah, you'll have to tune in and find out why. Um, And if you've listened to the podcast, you probably know why. Um, 
I jumped off my couch. I could not wait <laughs> to talk to these guys about it. I literally was that psyched about it. Um, David texted me. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> David texted me and said, this is your favorite episode, isn't it? I said, damn straight it is. So, <laughs> so uh, if you want to know why, you'll have to tune in Thursday night, same bat time, same bat channel to find out why. And uh, you can also visit us on our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond. And we do have a we do have a new pod page for our podcast, uh, which is podpage.com slash trek dash talking. And you can go there and you can find all of our previous podcasts. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can shoot us a message and just kind of hang out and have some fun with that. So Please do that if you get a chance to. And I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying Star Trek fans are the best fans. Please stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Thank you so much for listening. Good night, everybody. Arg, good night. Good night. Long and prosper. Arg, arg, matey, they're going to walk the plane. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good <laughs> night. Stay out of trouble. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.